language for the champagne social butterflies features the sounds of people walking, exerting themselves, and they're quite middle-aged. So there are large gaps between all their words and they start getting more and more incoherent towards the end. Actually, we go on for twice as long as this. I cut it short. Anyway, here's our conversation while we were walking the other day. Enjoy. Started. Hey! Welcome to the Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies, the aspirational podcast for hopeless people. And you know who is more hopeless than Richard of York, who gave battle in vain? Me! <laughs> we all are. We're all very, very much hopeless. We are here strolling around the uh, Battle of Bosworth Visitor Centre walk to commemorate where the Battle of Bosworth isn't. <laughs> but where they thought it was probably maybe once, maybe. Yeah, before 1985, they built this centre in the late 70s and um, then historians found that the actual site of the battle was somewhere else. So they have very helpfully put um, a sign up at the top of the walk saying, if you squinted, you could probably see where the battle was happening. Just beyond those trees. In Over there. Just in front of the horizon. And, and that's kind of how we're feeling about the end of lockdown, isn't it? <laughs> you feel like you've got to the end of the battlefield. You think you're there. It's bloody miles away. Oh, good grief. So two miles away. Anyway, there's a, there's a reason why we're here today. We haven't just decided to walk around random battlefields for the sheer halibut. Halibut, some kind of fish. Um, today we were due to um, go and see my dad, who is in a care home. Um, but he's no longer in the care home where he was supposed to be today. No, no, he has moved, or he has been moved. And um, we did find out eventually where he was being moved to. But it is in flipping... Wiltshire! Wiltshire. And in the meantime, we had arranged with our bubble friend to come and do a tattoo in Nuneaton. So Nuneaton is nowhere near Wiltshire, unless you are Russell Crowe filming his Robin Hood film. Or try to build a visitor centre. Oh, good grief. So yeah, we needed something to do for the day. And we, let's face it, Nuneaton, we, we, we love you. But we have exhausted your, your earthly treasures. <laughs> and that we've had a walk around the rope walk and it's mostly shut now. And the Abbey Centre, we did, we did just to, Just to clarify, it's not closed for COVID. Yeah. It's just all the shops aren't occupied anymore. Well, the, the, uh, places like Monsoon and Accessories blame COVID. Oh, we're at a talking point. We found it. a picture of Thomas Lord Stanley. These are all going to be very random now. The, 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 the battle is nowhere near here. But Thomas Lord Stanley is one of the um, Dominic Cummings of the, um, of the um, Battle of Battle of the Planets. <laughs> the Battle of the, the War of the Roses. Um, so what we've learned so far is that there was, there's a couple of guys called Stanley. Why is it always Stanley? And they basically bought like 7,000 of their troops and stood at the edge of the battlefield and waited to see which way it was going before they joined in. Yeah, it's very opportunist. Never trust us, Stanley. Yeah, 
I mean, look at him. Look at him. I, I must have just got here. Now. He's got a hat on. I mean... And a beard. And he's got a beard. And he's, he's holding a stick. It looks <laughs> like Eddie Ruffles. He's going to say, I've got a stick. Nobody knows who that is. <laughs> Eddie knows who it is. Some of our friends know who he is. He, looks like he is a friend. Yeah, he's great. He also looks like he's like a kind of astute Scroobius Pip thing going on. Uh, Thomas Lord Stanley lived in Latham in Lancashire and amongst his many, many, many titles was King of the Isle of Man. He loved men. <laughs> <laughs> he was very powerful and along with his younger brother, Sir William, was the force to be reckoned with in northwest Wing England. As Thomas was the Northwest Wingland. North, Northwest north Wingland. <laughs> you could be my wingman, William, in Wingland. As Thomas was the steward of the royal household for King Richard, he should have supported the king in battle. Oh, yeah, thank. However, as he was married to Margaret Beaufort, Henry's Tudor's mother. Oh, my God. That was a milf. That was a milf for him. Yep. Tudor milf. Um, <laughs> his loyalties were somewhat divided. Oh, you betcha. Uh, Thomas declined Richard's request to come to Leicester and sent his son and heir, Lord Strange, in his place. Lord Strange, isn't that one of the Marvel characters? Yes, he's one of those pretty circles in the sky. Uh, also has a weird beard. <laughs> also has a weird beard, yeah. Richard took the young man as a hostage to ensure Thomas would stay loyal. Oh. <laughs> I, <laughs> you think you're strange, Lord Strange? Come and stay with me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you're going to hear us crunching along the gravel. You're going to hear other people. There are, we... Uh, we were just passed by a group of um, young children who um, saw some of the sheep that we could see here and that erupted in the chorus of bar bar black sheep. There were no black sheep there. <laughs> oh yeah, no, there aren't. No. There's no, no, just it's like, you are all white sheep. Where is your diversity? <laughs> um, oh, we've come up to a style now. It's a gate, Donna. It's a gate. I'm trying... Oh, squeak. Oh, that's just the most annoying one. Oh, sorry, guys. That's... Oh, that's just private land. Another gate. Anyway, we've... More squeaking coming. Oh, no, this one's oiled. They oiled this one. wind-up things to wind you up. <laughs> battle, got, battle draws closer. You go to Battlefield Line train station, you're on about a windy thing. Please turn me to the message place. Good day dear. My name is John and I'm a Norfolk farmer. Hello. Last week, one of the Duke's captains came to my village and chose ten of us lads to come with his lordship to fight for King Richard against some bloke called Henry. Don't trust him. <laughs> We're all missing our families and the comforts of home. I can tell you that's no fun bedding down in hedgerows and ditches every night for a week. Last night, we slept up on the hill. We could see the campfires of our enemy. Like Glastonbury. far away now. They chose me because I'm very handy with a longbow. I bet you are. I took my weekly training very seriously. I never thought I would use my bow in battle. <laughs> he always gave the string a twang. And as for my wife and children, well, you 
you can imagine how they feel. <laughs> they love my longbow. Oh dear. I've mean, noticed all these battles, pretty much all of them anyway, are in the Midlands and we're in Leicestershire yeah. and all the fighters that are talking are from Norfolk. Yeah, this yeah. is the only accent that actor can do. I can do I can do that accent. I can do rural accent. <laughs> like I can I, I'm also in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> this is This is New Zealand. What I call North. <laughs> uh, because we've touched a thing, we don't need to sanitise. Oh, that sanitizer's empty. Not quite. Found a railway line. That's yeah, nice. we're fine. We have uh, the LMS railway line. The Ashby to Nuneaton Joint Rail and Shackerton Station. Shackerstone. Yeah, as well, yeah. Shackerstone. Shackerstone. Shacker. Shacker. So we're going to cross this railway line now and continue with our walk. Stop. Look. Listen. Beware of trains and badgers. <laughs> this is beautiful though, to be it honest with you. I mean, it's lined with oaks and hawthorn, the footbridges. I mean, it's, it's an absolutely really lovely walk, I've got to say. Yeah. We liked walking. Loves that. Sorry, I've got the accent stuck now. I should hope not. Anyway, so how has you, how has your lockdown been? The last did one of these in June. Are you talking to the audience? You. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> it's been all right, actually. Yeah. Um, I finished my college course. So that reopened for about three weeks before end of term. Mm -hmm. So that was that was good. I don't know if that was already covered on the last podcast. Um, so that's nice. Still not working. Uh, I don't know. Netflix has been completed. But I'm all right. It's bumbling along. You? How you been up? Um, well, um, I had started lockdown and I lost about five pounds. I have now regained that five pounds and another ten pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Which is to say that it's not been going that well. Um, <laughs> that said, um, I did finish um, the anthology Best of British Science Fiction and that launched a couple of weeks ago. And uh, that was a very, very good nice. Book. That is, I've, I love the cover art. Who did the cover art on that? Les really Edwards. Very nice. And uh, yeah. yeah, the inside covers and the limited edition are all very beautiful. And uh, we did an online launch on Twitter, uh, which a few people took part in, and we all had cheese and wine. Oh, there's a bird. It's a thrush. It's beautiful. It wasn't a thrush. It wasn't a thrush. I haven't got my book with me. What do you think Thrushes have speckledy bellies. Yeah, what do you think that was then? I thought that was a tree sparrow. Oh, that's, an that's an egg spider. Look at that. Oh! That's, that's a very white bum spider. Like a house spider with a very white bottom. It's like the Kim Kardashian of spiders. <laughs> Yeah, so it's very strange actually being out with social distancing in effect uh, and everyone wearing the masks. Yep. You know, like, oh, weird things happen when you put masks on, don't they? Nope. <laughs> Your glasses steam up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's because you're so hot. I look at you and I steam up. 
your glasses steam up like you're in some kind of 1970s soft erotic comedy starring Robin Asquith. And Benny Hill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, I, don't, I don't think that this has necessarily been going, going well for the nation as a whole in the, these past few weeks. No, they're threatened to put us on a second lockdown. Yeah. Back in our hometown, haven't they? Yes. So, yeah, we've been told to behave. Um, and uh, that kind of triggered us into thinking, oh dear, they might close all the pubs again soon. And we really worried about some of our friends who run pubs. So we, we actually went and tried to support them. And, and, and true to say, the, the pubs were pretty much... There was lots of space this weekend, wasn't lots there? And lots lots of space. and lots of space because I think a lot of people thought I'm not going to risk going out. But I've been like looking into like uh, transmission risk as part of like, what I'm doing uh, with the day job, and um, I would say like outdoors is fine. Um, it's pretty fine. It's minimal risk. But again, we're learning more about this stuff all the time. It's quite scary. Um, I was quite worried by the World Health Organization. There was that guy on the news uh, the other day and he was basically saying, uh, because of the, the rates of transmission in South America, North America and Asia rising again quite rapidly, then we, we won't, ha won't be able to avoid this going around the world again. Yeah, that was, wasn't best news, was it? No. But this is the world, this is lovely. It's a lovely world. Yeah. And we're entering a lovely shaded woodland. It's very nice. <laughs> but um, I have to say, I'm ashamed to say that creatively, apart from all the anthologies I've been working on, and I have been doing another anthology as well, I'm working on Northampton's Arts Lab's Super World Unknown anthology. So a few people have been a bit slow at getting me their, their work. <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> So I'm, I'm still going through it and there's still more coming in, which is, which is good. Even though the deadline was the end of January, <laughs> initially. Um, so there's that going on. But also when it comes to actually reading books, I've, I'm on my second book of the lockdown that I'm reading for pleasure. That's terrible, isn't it? No, for a book Well, one. it's only two, yeah. It's <laughs> a terribly low figure. It is for me. Although, how many submissions did you have for the Best of British? Oh, God. There's not hundreds, so... So, yeah, and you've read all those. So, yeah, you can't really be too hard on yourself, can you? Oh, no, 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 but you know me, self-flagellation. Yes. It's hard to say. <laughs> Especially <laughs> when you think, oh, flagellation, that is the French bean. <laughs> Wasn't what I was thinking at all. Flagellation, French bean. Still French beaning. I do a lot of self-French beating. <laughs> so, I don't think I've done very, very much, as much creatively as I, as I wanted to. But I have built my new website. And it's, oh, yeah. It's taken me a long time. Um, this is because GoDaddy bought the uh, hosting site that I hosted my previous site on. And they kicked off everybody who'd bought their site through PC World <laughs> back in the day, many, many years ago. We didn't know what we were doing. And we, all, we all went to PC World to buy our software in a box. That's where I got mine from. And um, I've basically just been renewing it 
from the same provider ever since and they went like we bought them and these are all dead so they killed my site and I uh, got some hosting from my brother and I've been building a new site using WordPress plugins so that's a new skill I've picked up see all good yeah. all good stuff I'm pretty pleased with it I'm about to go ping launch and let people know what I've been doing and my website looks very impressive even you do say so yourself yeah. It does look good, actually. I've enjoyed it. Yes, it looks like I've done, done quite a bit. Uh, that's without blogging about all the, all the, you know, the mundane ins and outs of the week that I'm probably planning to get around to once I've actually launched. Like when I was on, uh, yeah, well, I've got a fan, uh, Elizabeth Vanter Black who featured my YouTube channel in uh, her pick of uh, comedy on Radio Derby the other day, which was lovely. It was a hell of a good thumbs up, was it? And they played a clip of your comedy, and yeah. it was very good. Yeah, uh, it's right next to um, the one of Troy, Troy Hawks. She's like, I love Troy Hawks. <laughs> it's very good, Troy. Yeah, that's a character portrayed by Milo McCabe. And very posh. I'm a character as well, really. I mean, you I don't sound like one here now, but I suppose I am. <laughs> well, I'm a varied character. I said, have a look. This, this voice of mine is losing focus. <laughs> uh, you're a character as well, aren't you? Yeah, Ewan. Yeah, uh, he's, he's very much. Well, your character's a much more ditzy version of you. Um, Ewan's you a much more energetic version, a manic version of myself. It's me when I'm on my, my very happy highs. You see, that's, that's how I mask potentially coming across as, as, as less than I am. It was like, I'm supposed to do that way. <laughs> Here we are, we, we're at, uh, we're at a, a vista um, of the, uh, where the battle took place. We've walked all the way around and... Um, We've walked from there to there, yeah, that, all that way, rather <laughs> than just going down there. That's crazy, why did it send us that way? It didn't, <laughs> you did. It's the same map. Anyway, I wanted more steps. Right. So we're, we're basically facing the Ashby Canal mm -hmm. and Dadlington Windmill across Shenton Lane. And this is... You need to go up Fens Lane to yeah. get to the actual so battle we're site. We're still a lot far, far away. And what they've done is they've put, they've put the battlefield in 1485. The trees in the modern landscape make the lie of the land quite hard to see. You're yes. telling me this is basically we're just facing some bushes. <laughs> the medieval landscape was more or less devoid of trees as a system of open field farming prevailed. This method was widespread and created a rather barren landscape. From this spot in 1485, you would be able to see Dadlington, Windmill, and most of Norfolk's armies throughout the battle. You would also be able to hear the roar of the guns and the screams of the dying. Yeah, that's a positive spin. Maybe the triumphant hurrahs of the not dying. <laughs> and basically you can see you would be able to see um, like a church spire a windmill and like people like ants on a hill and i can see a helicopter it's very unusual to see things in, in the in the sky these days isn't it especially when a helicopter is an airplane but yeah that's cool <laughs> we see a lot of military stuff just like around northampton we do yeah yeah 
So I just that is because yeah, of, of where Northampton is, it, it, there is, there are bases nearby. So, Mainly in Oxfordshire. Yeah. So it is a. Uh, it is not unusual to see a Chinook passing. Do, 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 do. <laughs> As I said, we, we did take the opportunity today, while we're in Nuneaton, to go and see your beauteous George Eliot statue. It's very nice. It's very nice. And, um, Diminutive was, was, though. Tiny. Yeah. Tiny. There was nobody trying to, to pull her down. This is a, yeah, noisy plane passing. Noisy plane. Whoa. Noisy small plane. Which is not the helicopter. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there was, because I thought that was quite, quite funny how like there was a gang of people stood outside the statue outside it is outside stood beside the statue of george Eliot, in case anybody from the, the blm protests came to deface george Eliot. which of her works do you think they were defending silas marner daniel deronda felix holt probably felix holt because that's the name of a pub just around the corner <laughs> very true we're at the canal. He wears a canal boat. Oh, I miss those days. I miss living on a boat. Living on a boat. Living on a boat. Living on a cardboard boat. <laughs> yeah, it leaked enough. It might as well have been cardboard. <laughs> it was steel, but. Yeah. Oh, this is beautiful. Mm. Lots of reeds. And butterflies. Yeah. And ducks. <laughs> the duck <laughs> so, one of the things that we've been watching, because we have been watching a little bit more television than usual, is Mrs. America. Great little series. Love yeah. That. Starring Kate Blanchett as I don't know what accent she is either. Um, no, she's um, she plays um, a real life character Phyllis? called Phyllis Schlafly with two L's. And uh, she sets herself up as the opposition to the 70s feminist movement. Right. Well, it's okay. very good. But I was very surprised that the conservative, <laughs> that the conservative uh, religious, um, wonderful Republican or people, the women were very much against equal what rights, because they were well off. <laughs> they decided that servitude is privilege. And they're so privileged that they wanted to maintain. Yeah, stop taking our privileges, ERA. And you know what it was? Because she couldn't get in where her expertise really was, which was nuclear power. And nuclear missiles, yeah. Yeah. Because she, she was a very intelligent person. She wasn't stupid by a long shot. She was very intelligent. She, she seemed to be very relaxed around facts. <laughs> yeah, just making them up as you went along. In Mrs. America, um, Kate Blanchett, I thought, was amazing. Uh, she, she was definitely not a villain in her portrayal of, of Phyllis Schlafly. She seemed to put, like, you know, how lots of people around her seem to really think, believe yeah. that you know, their, their, their rights were threatened. I mean, if someone is telling you your daughter could be drafted <laughs> and you think, oh, that's not, that's not, that's not great. She's too sweet and innocent and, you know... <laughs> 
should be in cocktail dresses really? as a debutante's ball rather than in a foxhole in Vietnam. Yeah. But as the other side was saying, you know, why are you happy to send your boys to be cannon fodder? It's, it's crazy. Um, but it was, you know, quite unflinching in how it basically showed the hypocrisy of her own situation, how, how it would have hurt her friends and her family um, to not have any um, equal rights. <laughs> yeah, and as when you start off in politics with a, a good idea and just the other people that come in that you need the support to get your voice heard distorts what you wanted into something that you never wanted in the first place. Not that I agree with her or what she wanted in the first place, but yeah, that's where people just become consumed with power rather than... Well, I learned a lot because I never realised that um, Gloria Steinem uh, and Betty Friedan were actually new people in power. They, they actually new politicians. They, they, I thought they were like basically just uh, the stars of a, of a radical movement. And they weren't really. They'd, they were, had their own privileges in a way, um, just having the, the funds to be able to set up magazines and uh, lobby for issues and meet with all, all of the people that they needed to meet with to try and get the ERA ratified. And apparently if you need an amend amendment to the constitution in America, you've got seven years to get it to, to get all the states to ratify it. Two thirds of the states to ratify two -thirds it. To ra yeah, two thirds of the states. So they needed 38 states to ratify, and um, they were they were granted an extension. And the last state that they needed ratified in 2020. But they had ran out even with the extension yeah. in 81 or something. Yeah. So it it's to me it's crazy. It's like can't you just try again? Just because because history moves on. Why is it dead? And um, why haven't you got equal rights? I don't think at uh, this time of Mr. Floyd's that um, equal rights is a dead issue, though, to be honest with you. Exactly. Well, it, just, it seems very much that that was the push, wasn't it? It was the... Which is why it's just the last state ratified it that it needed, yeah. Yeah. But as you quite rightly say, it's very much out of time. And indeed... I did decide to cut the recording short there, even though we went on for quite some time afterwards, because uh, we were wheezing and puffing and panting like anti-maskers don't. And uh, the sound of the traffic was also really horrendous, so it wouldn't have worked well at all. And we were wittering on about nothing. You know us. But I hope you enjoyed listening to us talking while we were walking, walking and talking like a couple of Claire Baldings. That was a great day out in Nuneaton and we had a bit of a picnic as well on the picnic tables at the Bosworth Heritage Centre and we've got to thank Doug Carter for recommending Frank Palmer the Butcher's sausage rolls. I very much enjoyed mine anyway. They're like enormous. <laughs> They're like the club biscuit of sausage rolls. It's lots and lots of sausage meat and very little pastry. Oh, and there's one thing we did notice when we were reading the information boards at Bosworth Heritage Centre, that when they discovered the, the Battle of Bosworth hadn't actually taken place where they thought it had, the person who discovered that was a historian called Michael Wood. And we have been obsessed with Michael Wood documentaries this week. 
he has been all over. He has been, you know, doing a six-part series on the Battle of Troy. And there was, like, one we saw in the 1970s where he was, where the Jorvik Centre is now, excavating Coppergate. Well, I don't think he was. He was talking to the archaeologists who were working there. And I noticed at the time, this really early documentary, is that he was wearing this great big sheepskin jacket. And uh, Neil said, oh, God, he always wears that sheepskin jacket. Um, And we watched a few of these documentaries. It's not always the same sheepskin jacket, but is of that ilk. No, he didn't kill an ilk. Beowulf. I've just skinned Beowulf to make this jacket. No, he didn't say that either. And then Neil was just been watching them while I've been working. He sent me a still, an image the other day, of Michael Wood waiting in an airport to go to Turkey. And he was carrying his coat. I'm going to wear a really hot place, but I need to take this, my sheepskin jacket with me. Yeah, because that's my brand. But anyway, that's the guy who discovered that from documents that the Battle of Bosworth didn't take place where they thought it had. And further excavations found like all, all of the cannon shots and stuff in this field. So we walked so far and the traffic was getting a bit heavy and it wasn't really safe. So we turned back um, and walked back to the Heritage Centre. And then later we drove past where we could see the Battle of Bosworth probably had taken place. It's just a field. There's nothing there to mark it at all. Absolutely nothing. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies. See if you can beat what I did. I did 23,000 steps on Wednesday. 23,000. This is me, signing off. You've been listening to The Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies with Donna Scott. Theme music was It Looks Like the Future But It Feels Like the Past by Dr Turtle.